0: Let's start off with a word of prayer. God, we are so thankful for this opportunity that we have to come together as a body of believers, as Christians who love you and who want to know you better and serve you better. We're thankful for this chance that we have to be with each other, to get into your word, and to learn how to strengthen our faith. I pray tonight as we talk about faith, God, this is something that is applicable to every single one of us because we're here because of this faith that we have. And now that I pray, as we talk about our faith, and as we talk about how we can strengthen our faith and how we can act on our faith, I pray that you will not only encourage us in this discussion, but that you will challenge us as well by showing us that our faith is not something that we should just have and keep to ourselves, but our faith is something that we should take seriously and that we should act on and that should have a part in every decision that we make and in everything that we do. God, speak through this text tonight. Let us hear what you have to say. Let us see the true meaning in this story. And let us be overwhelmed by your presence. And let us leave with no reason to not put all of our faith and all of our trust in you. We love you so much. In your name we pray now. Amen. So, I almost died yesterday. Let me tell you what happened. I spent the last couple of days up in Fort Worth. I was with my family for the holiday. And yesterday they were driving me over to the airport. I was flying out of Dallas Love Field. And on our way there, we stopped at a gas station. While we're there, my dad is on his phone. He's reading some news stories. And he comes across this news story about a plane in San Francisco that has just crashed while it was landing. That is real encouraging news for somebody who's about to get on the airplane, let me tell you. Not only did he read us this story, but as we're driving to the airport, I think it happened the whole way from the gas station to the airport. He's still talking about this story. As I'm leaving the car, as I'm taking my bags, as I'm getting ready to check in for my flight, my 16-year-old brother says to me, Grady, I really hope your plane doesn't crash like the one in San Francisco did. I said, well, thanks, Keaton. I hope so, too. But I get on my flight. Everything's going well. It's a short flight. If you've flown from Dallas to San Antonio, you know that it's a very short flight. We took off at 4.05. We were scheduled to land at 5.05. And that's why when we start to descend and when we start to get really close to the ground around 4.30, I'm starting to get a little scared. I'm starting to think, wow, that was really quick, like quicker than normal. Should it have been that quick? I'm sitting by the window and I start to look outside and I'm looking for anything that lets me know for sure that I'm home. I'm looking for my house. I'm looking for the church looking for the Alamo, I'm looking for the Tower of Americas. I'm looking for something that screams San Antonio so I'm sure that we're landing in the right place and I'm not seeing any of that. At this point I'm getting a little worried. I'm starting to think that we're about to land at the wrong place, we're about to crash, I'm going to die and the pilots aren't telling us because they want the last few minutes of our lives to be happy. <laughs> and then five minutes later we land and 15 minutes later I'm in the airport feeling like the biggest idiot in the world. I tell Kara the story yesterday, and she tells me how paranoid I am. And although I disagree with her, isn't that a little ridiculous that I would think that? What is wrong with me? Why would I worry so much in a situation like that? And the problem with that situation is not the situation itself. The problem with that situation is the way that I looked at it. The problem in that situation is that I didn't have faith. Faith is very important. Faith cannot change the outcome in a situation, but what faith does change is your mindset, which in turn changes your attitude, which in turn changes your behavior. Faith does have an impact. Also, when you don't have faith, that changes your mindset and your attitude and your behavior. You saw that in my story about flying on the plane, and you also see that in Matthew chapter 14, in this story about this guy, Peter. I know we just read it. I want to read it to you again, just so it'll hit that much closer to home. I'm going to start in verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, He said, why did you doubt? So Jesus is going off to be by himself and pray. And while he does that, he sends the disciples out ahead of him. They're in the boat. They're floating on the water. They had been floating on the water all night while Jesus is praying. And then Jesus finishes up. He goes out to meet them. It's probably about five, six o'clock in the morning at this point. It's dark. They've been up all night. They're probably a little sleepy. And then they see this guy walking towards them on water. That would freak me out too. I'm not surprised at all that they're freaked out and that they're scared. But then Jesus says, hey guys, it's just me. No reason to be afraid. And that calms them down. They start to relax a bit. And everything's back to normal. Until Peter does something that's very interesting to me. It's interesting because none of the other disciples were willing to do it. It's interesting because it shows faith and courage and ambition on Peter's part. And the sad thing about this story is that Peter often gets a bad rep. We look at Peter in this story, especially those of us that know this story and know the end of it, and we see Peter as the bad guy because of how the story ends. But what I want all of us to remember tonight as we look at the story is that Peter didn't have to get out of the boat. Peter could have stayed in the boat with all of the other disciples where it was safe, where it was comfortable, and everything would have been just fine. But that's not what he did. Peter decides to take a risk. Peter decides to take the first step and get out of the boat and get onto the water. As we think about that, I want to tell you about somebody else who decided to take a risk. Those of you that know me well know that I'm a huge baseball fan. So there's this movie that came out, I believe it was two years ago now. It's called Moneyball. I'm a big Moneyball fan. And in Moneyball, there's a scene towards the end where these two main characters, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill who are the general manager and the assistant general manager of the Oakland A's in the movie, are in the video room of what is now called Oakland Alameda Coliseum. It's where the Oakland Athletics play baseball. And they're watching this video. This is a video of their A 245-pound catcher. He's playing in a baseball game. He steps up to the plate, looks at the pitcher, gets ready to hit the ball. First pitch, he swings, hits the ball to straightaway center. Hits it deep, hits it over the center fielder's head. And he starts running to first base. And then something happens. He decides, as the narrator puts it, to do something that he has never done before. He decides that he's going to go for it. He decides that he's hit the ball far enough and deep enough and far away from the other outfielders enough that he can make it to second base. He decides that for the first time, he's not going to be happy with just a single. He wants to stretch it to a double. But why? Why is that important? Why is that significant? If you already have a single, what's the point of running to second base? What's the point of stretching it? Isn't that too big a risk to take, especially if you weigh 245 pounds and if you're not the best runner? Those of us that understand baseball understand that although a single is nice, a double is better. A double is 90 feet closer to scoring a run. A double is scoring position. A double is is getting yourself in position to score that run and put your team on the board. Yes, it's a risk, but it's a risk that can easily pay off. So this guy's taking a risk, and Peter is also taking a risk in his story. And it's funny, because it would have been easier to stay in the boat. It would have been safer to stay in the boat. And nobody was telling him to get out. Everything in this story that Peter has done has been his own decision. It's been what Peter has wanted to do. He didn't have to do it, yet he decides to do it anyway. He goes out onto the water. He's acting on that faith that he has. And at first, it's great. It's not only great, it's perfect. He stepped out of the water. He can see Jesus. He's walking towards him. Everything is awesome. It's exactly what Peter wanted when he stepped out of the boat. But then something happens. Then a problem arises. You see, Peter knew there was a storm happening while he was in the boat. He knew what was going on even as he stepped out of the boat onto the water. But once he got out there, it all became much more real to him. He started to feel the waves hit him from side to side, and he started to feel the water shake beneath his feet. He started to feel the wind blowing at him, catching him on both of his sides, trying to get him to go off of his path. He started to feel the raindrops hitting his head. He started to see the lightning and hear the thunder out in the distance, and he could tell that it was coming closer. The storm was a major problem for him, and he got to a point where the storm was affecting him more than Jesus was. The storm was a bigger issue to him than the fact that Jesus existed outside of the storm and could save him from that storm. Isn't it funny that a guy like Peter, who had seen Jesus calm storms before, physically was afraid of a storm that he was in while he could see Jesus? This storm is affecting him. This storm is scaring him. And because of the situation that he's in with the storm, he starts to doubt. And because he is starting to doubt, he is starting to sink. His faith was the one thing that was keeping him afloat on that water. His faith was the one thing that was allowing him to walk. Now without that faith, he's beginning to sink. Instead of walking by faith towards Jesus, now he's trying to swim on his own. And I doubt that he's even able to swim. Have you ever tried to swim in a storm? I wouldn't do it myself. I'm trying to swim. I'm training for a triathlon, but I would never try to swim with rain falling, with wind and waves. Doesn't seem like a good idea to me. I imagine that he's barely treading water at this point. I imagine that he's trying to do everything he can to stay afloat yet it's barely working. It's not working. Let's go back to this money ball story now. Our catcher has hit the ball to deep center field, and he's decided to go for it. He's decided to stretch one base into two. He's going for this double. And he's running. He takes the turn, hits first base, turns towards second. He's excited. He thinks he's going to make it until he falls flat on his face. Now he's face down in the dirt. He's embarrassed, he's terrified. As our narrator in the movie puts it, all of his worst fears and worst nightmares are coming true. And all he is able to do is turn around and crawl back towards first base and hang on to it like he never wants to get up. It was the worst thing that could have happened. You know, I imagine Peter was a good swimmer. After all, he was a fisherman. Swimming would have been part of the job. I imagine there were times where it was necessary for him to swim. But like we talked about, that probably didn't help. This storm would have been too much for him. He would have been overwhelmed. He's beginning to realize that he can't do this on his own. He's beginning to realize that he won't get anywhere. He's barely treading water. He's in over his head as the waves come and engulf him deeper and deeper in this water. And so finally he swallows his pride and he cries out to Jesus. He says, Lord, save me. I'm about to drown. I saw you before, but I don't know if you're there now. Are you going to help me? Where are you, Jesus? Why haven't you helped me yet? And notice Jesus' response. Jesus doesn't say, Well, Peter, if you would just have faith, then you could get up and keep walking like you were before. He doesn't say, Well, Peter, you got yourself in that situation, so you've got to get yourself out now. I was helping you. You screwed yourself up. That's not my fault. No, notice what happens. Immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and picks him up immediately. And although what he says next sounds harsh, I imagine that there was still compassion in his voice as he said it. He says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Did you forget that I was there? Did you forget that there was nothing to be afraid of? Peter might have lost sight of Jesus, but that doesn't mean that Jesus had left. We might forget that Jesus is there, we might lose sight of him, we might get so trapped in the storms in our life that we lose faith and forget that Jesus is there, but that doesn't mean that he's left. Jesus is always there. We might not always have faith, but that doesn't change what is or isn't there. And if we begin to sink, that's not on Jesus, that's on us. We are the ones that have forgotten that he is there. We're able to walk when we choose to have faith. We don't have to tread water. We don't have to sink because we know that Jesus is there. I want to come back to this Moneyball story one more time. I want to tell you how this ends because I love this story. So this catcher, he's just tripped. He's fallen. He's in the dirt. He's hanging on the first base. And to make the whole story worse, all of the other players are laughing at him. It's kind of sad. But let me tell you why they were laughing at him. They were laughing at him Because this whole time, as he's hit the ball, as he's rounded first base, as he's fallen, as he's crawled back to first base, and now as he's lying on the ground, he has yet to realize that he hit the ball 60 feet over the fence. He hit a home run, and he didn't even realize it. So he gets up, he laughs about it for a bit, and he rounds the bases. I want us to realize tonight, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, There is never a time when we have to be like this guy. We don't have to hang on to first base. We don't have to tread water. We don't have to get caught in the storms in life or think that we have to fight them on our own. We are free to run. We are free to sprint on the water, not because of who we are or because of what we did, not because of any talents that we have or anything that sets us apart from anybody else or makes us better than anybody else, We are free to run because when Jesus died on the cross and gave his life for all of us, he hit the ball 60 feet over the fence. He hit a home run for us. So now we are free to run on home. Jesus has paved the way for us to live by faith and to not be afraid. So now staying on first base is wasted potential because Jesus has made us able to do more. Trying to tread water when you have the ability to get up and walk by faith is wasted potential because Jesus has made you with the ability to be more. Jesus has paved the way for every single one of us. Why try to swim by yourself when you can sprint if you'll have faith? And you have to have faith because you can't do it on your own. And thankfully, that's the good news in this story and not the bad news. You don't have to do it on your own. You always have Jesus to help you. And when you have Jesus on your side... Nothing is ever impossible. Impossible things only happen, though, when your faith gets involved. And that faith must lead to action. So that's the challenge that I'll leave you with tonight. That's what I want you to take away from this. Saying you have faith is one thing. Acting on it is another. Letting that faith define your mindset and your attitude and your behavior is a new challenge. It's what we're all about. And now it's time to step out of the boat. It's time for us to get up, get off of first base, and run home. Having faith is not enough. You have to act on that faith that you have. It's time for us to ask the question, what can I do with my faith? If my faith has changed my mindset, how can it now change my attitude? If my faith has changed my attitude, how can it now change my behavior? Maybe you can't ask these questions yet because you haven't taken the first step in faith and been baptized you haven't become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't made that decision yet, I encourage you to do that right now. It's not an easy decision, it's not an easy journey, but it is the most rewarding thing you can do with your life. It will define you, it will change you, and it will make your life something meaningful because we know as human beings we can't do that on our own. Maybe you have done that before, but you've been trying to do it on your own and you've been treading water or you've been hanging on to first base. And you've been afraid to get up, but now you're ready to make that decision. You're ready to start on that journey again. You're ready to run home. You're ready to sprint towards Jesus. But what you want now is prayers from this congregation that will help you get back on that right track. We would love to do that for you as well. If there's any kind of need you have that we can help you with tonight, I invite you to come forward now as we stand and sing together.